This tour has been sponsored by Rugby Borough Council and the Town Centre Company. Well, welcome to the Blue Plaque Trail, a walk around rugby to search out some of the town's hidden treasures. I'm Jane Markham and Blue Badge Guide Roger Bailey will be helping us to identify some of rugby's famous buildings, people and events, all marked by blue plaques. Now, one thing I've noticed, Roger, is that although some of our route is away from the traffic, some is along quite busy streets. We need to try and use pedestrian crossings where possible, but if not, then please be aware of the traffic. On some of the roads we're crossing, it's quite heavy, so uh, keep be aware of traffic passing you, OK? And one, of the, one of the other good things, though, about being somewhere like Robbie is there are plenty of places to stop. There are coffee shops and... There's a lot of great coffee shops, plenty of places to stop and take a break, I would recommend this so you can sit down and just enjoy the day. Also, um, before you start, locate the pause button on your MP3 player because we're not going to leave all our walking uh, between plaques uh, on, on this tape. So find out where the, uh, where the pause button is. And there are maps, aren't there? There are maps. You need to pick one of these up from the visitor centre in the library. And also bear in mind there are some history plaques along some of these routes and some things to read and see. So it's a good idea to put it on pause while you're taking in the surroundings. Map in hand, where do we start on this on this tour? Okay, something to remember on this is it doesn't run in sequence. The numbers are not sequential. So you can really do it any way you want to do it, but the way we're going to do it is highly recommended. It actually loops around the town extremely well. And we're going to start almost behind the Art Gallery Museum, the library. So we're going to take a left turn from the entrance. OK, down the steps and uh, round the corner. So we're keeping round the back of the Art Gallery. We, uh, we get to a little... Well, the most obvious thing is the, is the archway to the Percival Guildhouse Adult Education Centre. It's through the arch for us then, is it? Through the arch, off we go. We've still got our backs to the visitors' centre and the museum, but we're right at the very edge of it now, and uh, we come to our first blue plaque. Yes, it's to Matthew Blotson, who actually was into archaeology and architecture. In actual fact, he wrote a book on Gothic architecture and many books were published after his death as well. So he's a local citizen who has made an impact on uh, our knowledge of things as, as they stand today. And this was the house he lived in? It's an association with him, yes, the Guild House. It's not as old as you think it is. It's, it's a fairly recent times, but uh, it's an interesting plaque as well. It's very much in the old-fashioned sort of Victorian style, but the others will be more of a smaller metal type. So. OK, so, so where do we go from here? We're going past the Rugby Museum which means bearing round to the left, through the gardens and out towards the main road. The Rugby Museum. Here it is. Uh, quite small. It's got a black frontage and looks very ancient and very key to the town. Very key because this second blue plaque is actually to uh, William Gilbert and you can see it over the doorway to the rugby shop literally on your left hand side and of course this is where it all started from the actual physical point of view making the balls and we're in the shadows of rugby school and you can just catch a glimpse of our William Webb Ellis over there on the statue now Webb Ellis tell me about Webb Ellis Webb Ellis was the the guy that picked up the ball in 1823 and ran across the field thus technically starting the game of rugby football but it took a few years for the game to actually evolve and become the game we recognise today. And there he is standing in front of what I assume that 
the big um, brick building is rugby school itself. It is very much rugby school, very famous school. A lot of famous people are associated with that. And we'll go over that a bit later on on the tour. I'm fascinated going back to William Gilbert's blue plaque. Uh, but it all makes sense when you think about it. it. It credits him as being a shoemaker, a maker of footballs, because they would, they, would have been made of, they would have been made of leather, as would the shoes. Yeah, and I think that's important. You didn't just make one thing. If you're a leather maker, you'd make, make gloves, shoes. Um, it depends on who you are and where you're based. And, of course, naturally making footballs and later the rugby football. It just was a natural process, to be honest. And, of course, you could, of course, pause our tour here and have a look around the museum because I imagine there's lots of, lots of treats inside. It's a fantastic museum. You have to go inside and spend a few minutes discovering it. The newspaper cuttings, the artefacts, anything associated with the game, it's fascinating. You do not want to miss it. Okie dokie. Well, we've, assuming that we have been and had a look at the museum, uh, where are we going to now? We're just going to pop along this road. Bear in mind it's a narrow pathway so walk with care and we're going to make a turn shortly down here right so we're carrying straight on up along the side of rugby school really yes very much so we're just going to cross a lane now and this is called Drury Lane bit noisy this road but uh, we've, um, we've crossed Drury Lane kept straight on and this is Sheep Street and I'm looking for the plaque, Roger. I can't see the plaque. Where are we, where are we looking? Well, what you need to look is to your left and above you. Richard Elborough Jr. Yes, he founded almshouses in 1707 for six aged widows of rugby. They received three shillings a week each and coals for the fires. He also endowed a school, so he's a great benefactor to this town. So do we go down Sheep Street or are we... Yes, you take a left into Sheep Street and just go a little bit down here looking for something on the left-hand side. So we've gone past uh, the Three Horseshoes Hotel. But they're all very high, these plaques, aren't they? They're not all very high, don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You do, again, it's over a good 12 feet high. And we have a very special person here. Sir Norman Lockyer. This was the guy who actually named Helium. And it was also an astronomer of some note. If you're looking for that plaque, as you walk up Sheep Street, it's a little bit... It's a little bit obscured as you walk towards it by the uh, household bank sign. So um, if you can identify the household bank sign, (laughs) you'll find this blue plaque. Next to the Three Horseshoes Hotel. Which is a historic hotel in its own right. Which wants the rendezvous of the excise officers who came to rugby three times a year to collect taxes. And also of the city fathers who used it to discuss town business, calling themselves the Horseshoes Parliament. Oh, brilliant. So it's a lovely little piece of history. Forerunner of the town hall in some ways, then. I guess so in some ways, yes. <laughs> so we don't, we don't continue down Sheep Street, we, no. we go back towards uh, Rugby School. We're going to make our way back to the main road and take a left turn. Okay, so back towards the school. Well, now this is a difficult one to see, and you don't, really don't want to lean out too far into this road. Um, it's above a barber shop, which is called uh, Headmasters of Rugby. I like that. Um, but who's the blue? Who's the blue plaque to? Richard Linden, inventor of the inflatable rubber football bladder, and this is where he conducted his business—an important part of the process. <laughs> I can't say this enough. Whatever you do, don't lose concentration and step back into the road so you can see it better. <laughs> oh my goodness me! So, um, up the road, we're keeping rugby school on our right and uh, heading on up. Here we are, another pedestrian precinct. 
no name on it, but I think, I think I'm right in saying this is the High Street, isn't it? It is the High Street, and we're going to take a left turn into High Street, and you'll see Somersault on your left-hand side, and that's where our next stop will be. Well, it sounds rather good. It's, it calls itself a restaurant, coffee house, and emporium. <laughs> Not a bad place to stop for a cup of coffee, I wouldn't have thought. Why no. Why do that? <laughs> OK, she says she's looking, she's looking up, and at, it's, it's worth looking up. That is quite it's something. incredible building. But if you're looking up, you ought to miss the plaque, because the plaque is on the ground to the left of the door. I can see it now. Brilliant. <laughs> but it's a beautiful old building. It was once originally the Boots shop in Rugby, which later moved down the street. Um, then it was broken into two shops, and later on someone came along and put it back into one shop. And now it's a fantastic place to have a, something to drink or something to eat. It's full of surprises. Every little cranny in there has been filled up with some interesting things. So this, this used to be the chemist, but now it's where you go to get your coffee. But uh, this, uh, the architecture, it's so easy to walk around a town and not look up and see all the beautiful work and mouldings on, on this building. I think it's a lesson to be learnt, isn't it? You can easily walk around and look at these plaques high or low or whatever. But you need to take, you need to take on board the quality of the buildings here. And this is very much in the style of Victorian but uh, built a little later on. It's a fantastic building. Hmm. It's a gem. It is. Where do, we, where do we go from here? We carry on straight down this road. Straight down the high street. So we've moved, it must be 100 yards, uh, on the same side of the road to find our next blue plaque. And it's above a bookshop. Yes, and this is quite an interesting one. It's actually the uh, what's left of the original town hall dating back to 1857. Um, it later moved on, but this is the original site of the town hall, right next door to Woolworths. And actually, it goes back to what we were saying about looking up, because uh, it's a typical shop front. It's a Hunt's bookshop, uh, which does school supplies. It looks very, looks very much related to the school. And it's only when you look up that you can see the real remains of the, of the uh, original structure. A lot of it was lost in a fire in 1921 and Woolworths took over most of the site, but all we have left now is what's now called Hunt's Bookshop. So it would have been a much bigger building than this in the, oh, in the very past? very much so, very much so. We're going to see later ones uh, further on on the tour, but it's just a fragment of what used to be this building. Mm, fantastic. So where do we go from here? We're actually going to cross over to the other side and head back to the main streets. OK, so it's a little, a little, little loop, a little U-turn. Another U-term. little loop, yes. We do a <laughs> lot of little loops on this tour. <laughs> So here we are on the other side of the road, just past a, an Australian bar. And we're looking up again for this one. And just below, a rugby ball. And in fact, is this, this must be the shop that goes all the way back to Mr Gilbert, who we were talking about earlier. It certainly is. It's the original workshop that was here for a limited period of time. Um, so we're simply recognising the origins of the actual ball itself rather than the game. So that's just as important about the ball. We haven't got the game. So this is the original science. It's, it is a sports shop now. I assume they're just taking advantage of the game and that Mr Gilbert doesn't have descendants uh, in the town. Well, it is a bit more complicated than that. I mean, they actually moved this to uh, Matthew Street, which is just around a corner, and there's a split in how, uh, who should run what. And so this is the original name and technically the original company. So, do we continue on in, us, in the same direction? We head back to the main road. Back towards the school. So you can probably hear we're walking back up towards the main road again as the traffic noise increases and uh, we're taking a left 
again keeping rugby school on our right. We're going to head towards a pedestrian crossing, cross the road to find our next blue plaque. When you cross the crossing, you need to bear to the right. And it's an easy one to find this one, uh, as it's above the red post box. And if anything, this is one of the most important plaques in rugby, the birthplace of Lawrence Sheriff. We're in Lawrence Sheriff Street. He was a grocer to Elizabeth I and he left money which eventually was used to build a school. He was almost the founding father of what we know today of rugby school and his plaque is attached to the school, although this wasn't the original site. But it's very apt that his plaque is actually attached to the school. We'll now go back past the pedestrian crossing to the corner where we want to take a right turn. It's a very fine building in front of us, uh, actually on the corner. What's, what's this? Well, that imposing building is the Temple Speech Room opened by King Edward VII in 1909 and named after Frederick Temple, a rather famous headmaster who later became the Archbishop of Canterbury. So he's, he had a quite a full life, you could say. As well as speech day, this building plays host to concerts, plays and other large functions for the school. It's very fine, actually, because you could almost think it was it, the temple bit came from the fact that it looks as though it could be a sort of temple but in fact it's it's named after the headmaster it's named after a person it is i mean it, you're right in many ways because it does look like a temple it's built that way isn't it it's a very imposing building i mean you really know you're going into there when you actually walk through those doors and inside it's just beautiful if you get a chance to go inside you must go inside you can actually go in on uh, one of the tours if you do with the rugby school tours i'm not sure if you can go in on all the tours but it it has been part of the tours in the past We've come round the corner and up to a very fine set of gates. And I'm, am I right in thinking that on the top of the gates that's the rugby school crest? Yes, and actually we're looking for blue plaques, but in actual fact there aren't any blue plaques here. They are different colours. There's one either side of the gateway to remember two important events. But one of them is remembering Her Majesty the Queen and His Royal Highness Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, visiting rugby school on what was considered a very wet 12th of May 1967. It was the first time since her great-grandfather Edward VII that royalty had actually visited the school. They're very fine gates to commemorate it. Yes, and uh, they've been replaced because uh, they were damaged not so long ago and they simply had to replace them. But these are here to remember that. And also there's a plaque on the other side to remember the 400th anniversary of the origins of rugby school. So we've got the two plaques here. And while we're standing here, you can't fail to notice there's a rugby pitch in front of us. It's not just any rugby pitch. It is the rugby pitch. This is where it all started from. In actual fact, just to the left of the gateways is an information post which you should make your way to because it will give the history of this site plus a list of the famous sons and daughters of this school. There aren't that many daughters yet, because I think girls have only reasonably recently been... Uh... It is a recent addition, that's true. I mean, it's been sons for a long, long time, so there's clearly going to be a lot more sons and daughters mentioned here. Absolutely, we're going to have to add to that plaque in the future. Ah, oh, here's the information uh, that you were mentioning. And the list of old rugbyans, that's what they're called, uh, including Lewis Carroll. Otherwise known as Charles Dodson when he was at school, yeah. Yeah. And of course Thomas Hughes, who wrote Tom Brown's School Days. Yes, and there was something on television uh, 
a little while ago, actually part of it was filmed here at a rugby school. And, it's... And, and, and Thomas Hughes set the story of Tom Brown at rugby school, didn't he? Yes, yeah, so it's appropriate to actually film it here. And of course, David Croft, um, writer Dad's Army and the Lolo, Low, and uh, a few others, Rob, uh, Robert uh, Hardy, the uh, famous actor, and of course Thomas Arnold and Neville Chamberlain. All the prime ministers. That was the one that was here. Quite a good, quite a good mix of famous old boys, really. Uh, so this is on our right now. We keep going up the road. Yes, and keeping the famous football, uh, rugby football pitch on our right-hand side, the court, and we're heading to the next blue plaque. There does seem to be quite a lot going on up here. There's a statue on our left. Which we're going to make our way over to in a short while. But over on our right is the court. And this is important because it's here that the Riot Act was read to a group of rugby school pupils who had revolted in 1797. The situation was only brought under control by the arrival of the army. In the 18th and 19th century, public schools weren't the disciplined, scholarly places you might think. The sons of the rich, who were sent to them, were often out of control and able to wreak havoc. Oh, gosh. Well, pinpoint exactly where all this happened. It's on the right-hand side. The man who started the, the reform of the public schools was Thomas Arnold, who became headmaster here in 1828. He started the system of prefects and fagging, which Thomas Hughes wrote about in his novel Tom Brown's School Days. Although the antics of the bully Flashman seem pretty barbaric to us today, and of course he always was a baddie, the, pre the prefects and fagging system did sort out the discipline problem that led to the revolt and the reading of the Riot Act. Now directly opposite, on the other side of the road, there is a statue, and it's that statue we are now going to make our way to. Now this is this is rather an easier blue plaque to spot because it's uh, it absolutely underneath the statue, and this is a man we mentioned not very long ago. Yes, Thomas Hughes. He was a great social reformer and became MP for Lambeth in 1865. He also founded a colony in America which was to be class free and provide for the younger sons of the upper classes who left the public schools unable to find suitable jobs. His utopian experiment lasted some 10 years, but the town of Rugby, Tennessee, still exists today. Brilliant. And uh, Thomas Hughes, of course, is remembered by us mainly today through the story of Tom Brown and, uh, and of course, Flashman. Move along now, which way do we go? We're going we're back. Now, we're turning back towards the town. As we walk back, actually, on this side of the road, you do get a good view across to the to the rugby pitch. Yeah, it's what they call a close. And actually, if you were to go through the gates and bear off to the right, on the wall is a plaque remembering that day in 1823 when a certain young boy picked up that ball and ran across the pitch. So young Webb Ellis, as was then, could have been perceived as cheating then, but in fact started a whole new game. Yeah, it's one of those few times when cheating was had a lot of rewards that followed it. Probably not for him, but for the world at large. We're uh, continuing on our route back towards the, uh, the centre of town. We're going back down to the pedestrian crossing that we came over not, not very long ago and looping round to the right and up Little Church Street. That's correct. the Rugby School Museum. Rugby School Museum will be closed until about April 2007 because it's moving. 
but if you want to do a tour of the school, they will continue throughout the move on Mondays, Fridays and Saturdays, starting from the Rugby School Bookshop at 2 o'clock. Very fine building and a blue plaque. Yes, and it's a great blue plaque. It's dedicated to Richard Henry Wood and his wife Elizabeth. And they actually lived here for a period of time. And they were founders of the Hospital of St Cross. There is quite a remarkable window above the door. No idea what, what period or anything that is, but it is a spectacular bay window. It is, isn't it beautiful with all the black and white uh, finery coming up below it? It just stands out. It's, mm. just, it's just an incredible building. Um, where to now? Back onto uh, Little Church Street and head down uh, past the Merchant's Inn. Uh, and then just past the Merchant Inn, on the left-hand side, there's a, a little alleyway, and we want to go down there. So, <laughs> our next blue plaque is on the side of Tom Brown's Tea Room. And it's uh, a name that, if I say it's the Reverend G.A.S. Kennedy, probably won't mean an awful lot, but... Many people might have heard of his nickname. Woodbine Willie. He was actually the deacon of Worcester Cathedral in 1908, later a priest at Holy Trinity Church. Got his nickname comforting soldiers in the trenches in the Great War. I imagine because he had cigarettes for them. Actually, that's exactly right. He would talk to them, he'd read to them, but he also gave them a woodbine, a woodbine cigarette, and that's exactly where he got his nickname from. Famous for it. And Chaplin, it says on his plaque, to His Majesty the King George V, so... He had many, many roles in the church. He certainly did. He was a busy guy, wasn't he? But it's a, it's a rather emotional uh, remembrance of someone who played such an important part looking after the soldiers in the First World War. And a son of rugby. Certainly. Now, have we come to a dead end here? Which way do we go from Now, what here? we're going to do, we're going to go through an archway, an old archway, very typical of old rugby, and at the other end we'll come back into a main street got a nice echo inside the arch, Roger. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's great, because, well, I'm not that tall. I can almost reach the ceiling. Yeah, it's an old arch, but it's been here a long, long time. One of a number that used to exist in rugby. So round to the right as you come out of the archway. Right, tell me a little bit about this. We're looking above the shop salters, and actually what we see is an old fire mark. And just see it above the blue plaque. Because in the old days, what you do is pay insurance to have a certain fire brigade look after your property. And the badge would indicate that you're a paid-up member of that organisation. And if your building caught fire, that fire brigade would come out and put it out for you. It's in remarkably good nick. 1810 uh, is the date on the blue plaque. So that, that little... It looks almost like um, a, a larger version of a wax seal, doesn't it? Stamped on the side of a building. Well, it does. I mean, you need to bear in mind that some of these fire marks go back 300 years. In this case, the Royal Exchange Insurance was from 1720. So, and that continued for 250 years before we start merging everyone together and creating the National Fire Service we have today. So it's the origins of our existing fire services. And that's certainly something that you wouldn't see if it wasn't pointed out to you if you walk along here. It's again a good 12 or 15 feet high, so you really have to look above the Salter sign. But now we're going to walk a few feet down towards Marks and Spencer's and then we're going to stop again. Oh, right. Oh, when you said a few feet, you meant a few feet, didn't yes. you? <laughs> said a few feet. And this is... Oh, another town hall. Yes, this is the second town hall. We actually discovered part of the original town hall, literally just up the same street. 
when that one was fell into disuse, they moved to this new one. It was built thanks to the Ben family. And his name is actually mentioned on there. And we're talking about just over 100 years ago. And again, uh, although it's, a, it's a, a Marks and Spencer's store, and if you're just walking along and looking at normal height, that's what you see. When you look up, you see its origins. You see the town hall, don't you? With some uh, remarkable stonework. It is fantastic. It was actually in use just before the Second World War when they transferred the offices. So it was in use for nearly 40 years. Most of the top end of the building still survives today. Mm, very fine. Mm. Very fine. So where are, we, where are we going? Right, keep on going in the same direction. We're off to the clock tower, but bear in mind that on market days, you need to make your way to the other side of the market. So, uh, here at the clock tower, um, where's, where's, where's this plaque then? What we got on the other side, when you're coming down the street, you need to go right to the far side, and you'll see the dedication to Queen Victoria... To celebrate the Golden Jubilee, 50 years on the throne. This isn't uncommon. A lot of cities and towns have this, literally all over the country. And this was rugby's answer to that, money raised by local subscription. And this was unveiled in the early 1900s. Actually unveiled after her death, but to commemorate the 50 years. It's where the original cross used to be. It's now been erected on the site of that original cross and simply to remember Queen Victoria's reign. Blame what a town cross was. Normally what a town cross is, is where the roads meet and where people tend to meet and discuss things and sell their vegetables. It's like a meeting point and you see them right across the country. Rugby is no exception. So, so they put the, the, the Victoria Memorial absolutely on that spot then? That's correct, they certainly did, yeah. And of course things going on around us today would be the sort of things that would have been going on around us uh, many, well, hundreds of years ago. Literally hundreds of years ago. I mean, think of markets going back, I don't know, six or seven hundred years generally across the country. It hasn't really changed. It's just modernised a bit. So uh, we're moving away from the cross now. Uh, where, where are we off to now? OK, we're off to the oldest building in Rugby. We need to keep to the right-hand side of the shops and we end up finding Chapel Street a bit further up and you turn right into Chapel Street and the first building on your left is the oldest building. Now this looks like a, a very old, narrow lane, part of, part of very much old rugby. What's this blue plaque about? Well, it's 14th century. It's what remains of a 14th century building. It was once choose the butchers. And the story goes that this was a family butcher that supplied the piece of beef steak for Tom's black eye after his fight with Slugger Williams. Right, so despite the fact that Tom Brown was, in fact, a fictional character, this, this was a real butcher shop, and it's what, it's what Hughes was basing it on. Oh, yes, of course. The thing is, what, what I think is interesting, whether it's Alice in Wonderland or any of George Eliot's books or anything like that, they base their experiences and what they write on real things. And so you can actually follow the books and follow the stories and see what they were talking about. Where do we go from here? We retrace our steps back into the main street and we take a right turn. And we're heading for Sheep Street, if I'm not mistaken. So yes. Taking the right fork into Sheep Street, Im- almost immediately on your left you'll see the blue plaque about 12 feet high, just above your head. Oh, and it's not very far up Sheep Street, in fact. Uh, Manor Buildings, formerly the Shambles. Well, the Shambles have been here 200 years 
in actual fact there are open buildings used for markets and the market's been here a long while that's why we got it called sheep street because sheep were penned in here and these markets eventually evolved into permanent buildings which isn't an uncommon thing in this country and what starts as a market becomes permanent buildings and then becomes permanent streets and that's exactly what happened here and these buildings replaced the markets that were actually based here right in thinking that shambles actually refers to sort of the sort of marketplace we would find very unsavoury today um, to do with butchery. I'm sure you're right. I wouldn't doubt that a minute. Yes, it would have been unsavoury, very messy. Um, health and safety would have been very interested in it, actually, mm-hmm. because it would have been a bit of a dirty place. And that's the, that's the end of this tour. Um, a short hop back to the visitor centre with the mp3 players if you've uh, hired one so you can get your deposit back but but a nice manageable tour i think it's giving you an insight into some of the blue plaques of rugby town there are more and you can look at your map and discover them at your own pace and now you need to make your way back down wolf street off to the right towards the visitor center in the library and museum well roger thank you very much it's been been a great tour thank you very much This tour has been sponsored by Rugby Borough Council and the Town Centre Company.